0: Hello and welcome to Move the Line presented by FanDuel with the promo code 444. New users can take advantage of FanDuel's risk free first bets. Get up to $1,000 back if you don't win. How easy is that? Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today, enter our promo code 444, and take advantage. I'm Ryan Noonan, joined here as always by my friends, Connor Allen, John Daigle. And it is the best, at least in my opinion, I think at least Connor's with me. We'll get your gentleman's opinion. Uh, the best. Betting events on the calendar deserves the best panel that we can bring you. Joey Kanish, Evan Silva, here, as always, in this spot. Silva, what's going on, bud?
1: What's up? Yeah, I would put the Super Bowl up against this, but I'm I, I'm a little affected by recency bias because we just absolutely murdered uh, this past Super Bowl. But NFL draft props, I mean, this is where, you know, even Kanish uh, can generate <laughs> some wins, you know I mean? He, even Kanish can get some shit right here so i'm excited for this one casual
0: Kanish, as always uh appreciate that uh you joining us i know it's your mid-nap
2: um uh, yeah i was gonna say you give i mean i don't know why i mean i thought we could do this you know at uh, six or something before i was going to bed here but you know hey there's no place i'd rather be on a draft week here than uh dropping it up with you mugs and uh letting you know silva know who's the new big dog in the nfl space
0: <laughs> well you're going to be on the clock here shortly my friend because we have to, to unpack uh, a couple of lions picks here if folks oh, aren't familiar conditions no. the uh, managing editor at lionspride.org <laughs> Uh, check out that site lots of good things they're doing for the community and for the uh the lions organization so good stuff there a little housekeeping at the top i want to let division, you know
2: do we want to talk too early for division prices or do we want to start no, oh, we don't wanna, it's a, oh, wait,
0: it, it's a draft show a little too early so uh wherever you're watching you're listening subscribe so you don't miss a show uh rate review also helps we're running a special promotion for you folks watching live with us tonight so this is one of our favorite shows as i mentioned each year we want to thank you for hanging out with us. So, we're running a special show length. It's, it ends when the show ends tonight. Um, betting Sub at 4 for 4 secures you access to literally everything on the site all the articles, tools, updated league sync feature, which is like a cheat code for your, your season long leagues, best rankings, projections in the business. Uh, we have all sorts of underdog best ball tools that you'd want to get your hands on, all the DFS content in season, uh, essentially everything you're going to need to win and be profitable during the season. Tomorrow, that subscription price goes up. Uh, We continue to add sports, NBA, MMA, NASCAR, F1, USFL, uh, simply been too cheap. So new writers, new plays. We got NHL plays, MLB plays in the Discord. Uh, So basically, as of today, it's going to go up. But if you take advantage of tonight, the code MTL22, if you head over to 444.com slash plans, (laughs) mtl 22 gets you 25% off of the original price. So basically, it's going to be $100 cheaper tonight than it's going to be tomorrow morning. Um, So head over again, 444.com slash plans MTL22 for a massive savings on a betting subscription at 444. Also throw in a Move the Line t-shirt for you too. If you want to wear that, kind of up to you. Uh, They're not the best t-shirts. The hoodies are fire. The T-shirts aren't great, but again, fantastic deal. I wanted to touch base with uh, that off the top because it's it's fantastic. So, uh, Evan, I want to get your thoughts at the top because this is a unique draft. We have eight teams with multiple picks at the top. We have no clear-cut quarterbacks where we know that they're always kind of, you know, people will pay the tax to get up to the, to the top of the board. Um, how has this changed your process in trying to evaluate this too? Because we have a lot of teams that are like, Hey, this guy is being, this team's interested in this guy. We have, they have like the jets. That could be pick four. That could be pick 10. Uh, The giants could be pick five, pick seven. There's a lot of things that are extra variables and a pretty unpredictable thing to begin with.
1: Yeah. It's absolutely uh, an interesting variable that 25% of the league has two first round picks. I mean, lions jets, Texans, Giants, Eagles, Saints, Packers, Chiefs, all have multiple first-round picks. I think a bunch of the teams up top will be trying to trade out and trying to get first-round picks uh, in 2023. But I also think that it's going to be difficult for them because this is not a top-heavy, you know, uh, blue-chip player-filled draft. So um, I'll be interested. Like, I, I can see, like, the Panthers at number six taking, like, a big-time discount to get more picks because they don't have a a second or a third rounder. Um, But I think that in order to move out of of this first round, especially uh, near the top teams are going to have to take discounts because there just are so few true blue chip players.
0: JD, we've had some news at the top, obviously in the last 24 hours with the shift of betting odds at the top of the board with Trayvon Walker, um, lots of that kind of has been steaming as we know for the last couple of weeks, we're in a very different situation than we are today. Um, talk to me about the top of the board. Obviously like this is last year, I think we felt really strong about the top 10, right? Um, and I think this week, we, this year we have to kind of slowly layer in one by one and get a feel for where we're at.
3: What makes this draft so interesting is the if then situations and that that's how any mock draft, that's how many exact gets get screwed up is that even if you do have, one team, let's say the Lions, whittled down to two or three players. The order of those two or three players causes a catastrophic landfill, all right? Like, it's just a landslide all the way down to where different players then go from that point forward. And so, that's really, I think, the struggle with here. Even, like, I wrote in my mock draft, the theme of this draft is that it has to happen. It just has to happen. Like, it's already on TV. The players are there. It just has to happen. Uh, Even the Jaguars, the number one team, don't want to make a definitive pick. They're in between everyone. So it's going to be interesting as we walk through, because I feel actually overconfident in the first four picks, but then from five on is where I am completely lost.
0: Uh, I'm losing it too, because the uh, chat is, is firing early. Um, <laughs> we we appreciate, really appreciate the chat. Um, uh, Kanish, what are your thoughts? I mean, a couple couple Lions picks here, Lions at two. Uh, what, what, are we, uh, what are we thinking here?
1: Are, are you actually at the uh Ford Field domed right now?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, no, well, uh, this is well, we're uh, you know, we're having a good time here, There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, I mean, first of course, lines trade for a first round pick for the first time in fucking my lifetime, and the team wins the Super Bowl, so they, it's the last pick in the round, but um, I no, I think that's where you know, this it, is the first draft where I can remember where like. The, the fading the quarterbacks, which has never worked out in any realm whatsoever, is actually looking to be, uh, and things could change, but looking to be uh, w- where we could see a top 10 quarterback list, uh, w- w- which is unheard of, um, uh, you know, unless one of them sneak in at the letter F, but I, I thought for a while, my deepest fears of uh, Malik Willis at two was real. Uh, that That doesn't appear to be the case anymore, but I think it's it adds a different element where when you don't have even though you have some QB needy teams, the the QB class being so uh, so light with high end talent that that you could see a top ten without a quarterback, which is is insanity in in the modern NFL.
0: Yeah, it'd be weird, I feel like at this point to see one based off of all that we're hearing. So uh, Trayvon Walker's team, uh, do we feel that there's anything there? Should we be hedging out of anything like that, Connor? Uh, you know, I know we have positions that we got, you know, months ago uh, that look very different. I still think that you're you made a top pick last year to bring in a, a franchise quarterback that you still have needs along the offensive line. They might not be your highest priority of needs, but protecting that seems to make a ton of sense. But again, we can't argue with well, what we're hearing from Jacksonville, what the market is telling us. Uh, Trayvon Walker is pretty much unbettable at this point. Um, do you think that there's any way to – should we be hedging out of any of that or anything else that we need to get down to the top of the board or should we kind of continue with the rest of the top five?
4: No, I think that right now it's, it should be most – most of your actions should be on Walker here or Hutchinson over 1.5. I still think that's playable at pretty much – I mean up to minus 300, minus 400 at this point in my, in my opinion because what we heard this morning from Peter King was expect a surprise out of Jacksonville. Schefter doubled down then in the afternoon basically saying I'd be really surprised to see it be Hutchinson at this point. And then we know basically that Trent Baalke, the GM, wants uh, wants uh, Walker. And then the head coach, Doug Peterson, wants uh, Icky Aquanu. So if those two guys really want, you know, like basically those those are the top guys on their board. And then the only guys who really want Aiden Hutchinson are the owner and, uh, you know, some of the coaching staff. So I think that it would take basically the ownership stepping in for it not to be Walker or Aquanu at this point. Uh, and I guess after the Jags like already decided to keep on bulky instead of bringing in a new regime and trusting Trent Balky basically in their, I guess, near term, like short term future. Uh, I don't really see them stepping in at this point. So I think that Walker is, I mean, I'm very confident in him going one.
0: Yeah. I feel good about that. JD. I mean, I want to get your thoughts before we kick it to finish on Detroit. Um, I think a lot of the steam that we've seen in the marketplace you know, and I think we maybe some of us disagree with this a little bit on like you know Kwan Thibodeau going number two. There's been a lot of steam in the last 48 hours or so that that had been happening. That to me felt like when the market was still thinking Hutchinson was going one. Um, do you how like how confident are you that Hutchinson is the pick there? Do you think that they do something cute? Do you think that they really like Tibbs more than Hutchinson? Because I think that the the market was kind of thinking that that was going to be with Hutchinson off the board, if that makes sense. So that was going to be a choice between Walker and Thibodeau, and they liked Thibodeau more than Walker.
3: They did do extensive research in him during the draft process, but I always find it easier to ignore the rumors that come up in the last week, week and a half of the draft, and this is one that has popped up just recently, and thus I'm still practically ignoring it, uh, especially because the way it seems like the top five is working out is that even the beat writers are saying, yes, this team will take this player, but it's because they're not accounting for a player that's higher on the board to be there because even they don't know what's happening, right? Like, I think you go all the way down to five, seven, even like with the Falcons, the Falcons riders are telling you Kyle Hamilton and whatnot because they're not expecting Thibodeau to be there when like, I think there's a pretty good shot Thibodeau's there. And so I'm actually ignoring like what teams could do and trying to fat it out instead who they're higher on to begin with. Because if the jets, for instance, are four are higher on Neil or Quanu, I think there's a great chance both are there for them. And so that's the way I'm looking at this. And so I still am of belief it's 80%, 85% Hutchinson over Tibbs. And like, that's the other name that's getting thrown out as the alternative.
0: Can uh, they run it up to the table? Cause we've heard that from the podium. We've heard that from even Daniel Jeremiah today, that if Hutchinson's on the board at two, that that's a uh, absolute lock pick quickly for the lions. And I don't know if that's him saying that's what he would do in that scenario. Or what do you think? I mean, you're, you're plugged in.
2: Here's a, here's a couple of things. One is last week. It was Thursday, a sharp group that the legitimate betting syndicate went around and got every single Tibbs to go to, to the lions bet that they could. Uh, they were asking, Multiple groups to get down for him. The price crashed. Uh, They were trying to get every single dollar they could on Thibodeau too. Now, in the past, is, is draft info, one hundred percent from all the No, not the other thing. I would be concern is uh, the Lions are not a leak organ. They have John Dorsey, who remember when he was had like uh, the leading the Browns organization with the Baker Mayfield thing. He leaked it's every quarterback. Dying. On earth, he just he just enjoys lying, he's a higher up there, he wants to play the media. I, I could definitely see them leaking something false. There's but they, they did their homework on Thibodeau, they, they they absolutely put in the work. The beat writers think that they're you know interested in him. I that is one of those. I'm just gonna have to believe it when I see. I did not wager on it personally. I will believe that the Lions are gonna pass on Hutchinson and Dan Campbell's gonna pass on Hutchinson. When I see it, uh, it's not an organization with a lot of leaks. It's not a source that I believe you know they trust anything coming out of it. Um, again, people bet some real, real legit, serious money on it. For me, it's a pass. I, 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 gun to my head, I think they take Hutchinson, but there's no doubt that there's there's some people in respectable in the market that think it's libidinal.
0: Yeah, Evan, sounds like you agree. If, if Hutchinson's yeah. on the board, he's the player. Yeah,
1: yeah. I love this uh, comment from uh, Eric. Five foot four Daigle talking in definitive falsehoods yet? Can't wait. <laughs> Listen, I, I lived through seven months of this, okay? So no, I'm I'm kidding. But uh and also he's not five foot four. He's uh what what are you? Five ten?
3: I'm ten. Yeah, On a good
1: day. He's, he's not even that short. So be nice, Eric, okay. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Uh, <laughs> Tough scene. Uh, did you guys notice that on DraftKings they took down the uh, exact order bets and they turned them into like, like they they created their own parlays? Yeah, and like none of them are like worth betting. Oh, all garbage be
4: today? All garbage. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, it's all rough. Yeah. This is again why the another-
1: exact order is a, a way that you could really make some money. For Where sure. It looks like they just took it away.
0: This is why having a multitude of options gives you the best way to approach this, because there are some friendly books out there that will they'll limit you in a massive way. We've experienced some of that stuff where they'll put you on the spinning wheel of death and, you know, chop your stakes in a drastic way and then instantly move the line. But they'll let you get down a little bit on it. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting to how they react to this versus, you know, typical sides in total so uh then we move to three we feel pretty good about three my, my intentions aren't but i feel like we have to really kind of suss out the top five here uh, we feel good about hutchinson at two uh connor give me your thoughts here at three another team that has two picks we hear a little, we've heard a lot of names to the texans the texans with a you know patriots style front office here nick cesario's there um again it's a mix of you know youth group uh and uh, this is where know,
1: shit gets interesting this is oh yeah where shit gets really interesting right well because yeah. we,
0: you know we have three and 13 and i think over the last couple yeah. of weeks some of the names that were at 13 have moved into the talk at three and it yep. gets really muddy yep. because like all right stingley wasn't as uh you know a cross off now all of a sudden oh stingley's in play at 13 well now is stingley in play at three like we've had all this kind of in the last couple of weeks connor
4: yeah, I mean, there is some legitimate info today saying that Stingley is, like, very viable for them at three. And then even some, you know, guys in the bigger media have been saying that he's been getting around as a name to, like, watch for. But then again, we also saw, like, a couple of days before that the same kind of cycle with sauce Gardner being like oh like sauce is in play now at three as well so i think that it's certainly in the realm of possibilities for either of those corners to go but then again they also need help in the trenches i think a guy like evan Neal will be a great fit for them too so i think those are the three guys that i've kind of narrowed it down to at least uh, i mean i think aquanu is in play too but just from basically the buzz that i've heard i think that those three guys are kind of my my top three at three forget about that let's
0: uh real quick uh can, we need uh 10-second intermission for a statement on you. Since um, my beloved Boston Celtics, in uh, Evan's beloved Jason Tatum,
2: we just handled business there with uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Fraudulent Nets team. They'll be playing a real team next round. The World Champs, Celtics out round two. Giannis puts them out. Great, they beat an old KD and you know the uh, Ben Simmons you know ghost and yeah, <laughs> Irving. Next round, Celtics out. Bucks and four. <laughs> Evan, talk to me about the Texans.
1: I don't know. I mean, like, I'm just admitting, like, I, I, like I'm not going to pretend to know. I think uh, Derek Stingley, Stingley is very much in play. I talked to uh, Lance Zierlein uh, the other day. He's uh, rooted in Texas. You know, he's uh, rooted in Houston. And he was saying, he told me that he thinks that the Texans could go a specific way at three, maybe offensive line with Equanu or Neal. And then trade up into the number six spot with the Panthers, who we know want to trade out. So I mean the, the Texans could get very aggressive here and because they love Stingley. He he's like they they love Stingley. All right.
0: Yeah, this this is such a hard team because I feel like we were offensive line a couple of weeks ago, and then it's like they're very much in play to be, you know, one, two, three edge rushers, and now we're having corners in the mix. It's like they're really hard because I think some of the rumors are muddied. Well, because- one,
1: one thing to keep in mind is that the Texans, you know, they're, they're, their head coach obviously is uh, Lovey Smith, who historically has run like a bunch of Tampa and, and uh, cover two, and they didn't necessarily prioritize defensive back play because of their system. But they they wound up last year under Lovey Smith running a lot of man coverage and Nick Cesario, their GM, who – I mean, he, he's, he's the guy who's got his fingers on the button. He comes from New England. They would pay money for defensive backs. Mm -hmm. They would draft them early. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I'm buying that buzz. Yeah.
3: When Lovey Smith was asked in his conference as well what he thinks about his cornerbacks room, he even said it needs to improve. We need to make this shit better. That's why I keep coming back to Gardner and Stingley. And just the fact that we know for a fact one team has at least one, I believe it's two for sure, have Stingley over Gardner. I think it's kind of easy to pinpoint those teams as the Texans and the Seahawks. And so for my first trifecta, that's why I keep coming back to Trayvon and then Hutchinson and then either Gardner or Stingley, but it does get off the rails there.
2: And There's no shot. There's no shot that those guys are there at 13, like you said, with the trade-up. Right. Whereas you can still improve the tra- – especially if you're not – they still have the Mario Tunza left tackle. If you're not looking for an out-and-out out left tackle, uh, you're looking to improve other positions on the line. There's probably some guys there that can help you do that, even if you can't mix a trade-up at 13. No shots, Stingley or Gardner are going to be there. So, so for I- the
1: record, uh, Joey Kanish is now – uh, pronounced Giannis as Giannis and <laughs> Laramie Tunsil as Laramie.
2: Tunsil. <laughs> I thought it was, Laramie. There's a little way, bit of Detroit go, uh, you know, accent here. I don't
4: think oh, people okay. are
2: picking that up.
0: <laughs> it's probably just the Wi-Fi. You never know.
2: Yeah, it's, it's spotty here. I'm yeah, in the it, basement. Things happen.
4: You, you can't vocalize when you're laying down, so I got I understand. <laughs> Uh, Dagel, the, the Jets are in a very similar position, 4-10. and ten. We feel
0: like you know it's been receiver-edge rusher the entire time. Um, I know that you don't necessarily think that that's a lock either. There obviously are lots of debate around is the receiver at 4, is the receiver at 10. If they had a guy they wanted at 4, they may as well take him because there's a good chance that maybe two or three receivers come off between the next pick at 10.
3: I was fairly certain it was going to be a Quanu at number 4. The Jets – both offseasons have prioritized for better or worse, ensuring an easier life for Zach Wilson. And more importantly themselves on five years of Zach Wilson's rookie contract. That's the very much. That's the focus. Even Dame Brugler on Monday morning, we heard audio where he made, he said that NFL execs, a lot of them actually believe that Makai Becton has played his last down for the jets and icky just squeaks in, so perfectly, whether it be left tackle or right tackle. George Fant played amazing last year, but also George Fant is 30, and they will probably allow him to play one more year at that position before deciding whether or not to extend him long-term. No matter which way you cut it, though, Icky could fit in behind him in 2023 or at right tackle immediately if they extend Fant. And so it works out perfectly, and it just makes so much more sense than Thibodeau ever has. The issue is that that may be under the assumption Evan Neal's gone at three. I think the Jets beat reporters believe Neal goes at three. And so they aren't even considering Neal with Icky. And that's where I get lost because I always thought it was going to be Nicky Icky for sure, but apparently it could be Neal over Aquanu. And so that's where I'm at right now, but I very much believe they go offensive line here. Evan, what are your thoughts about
4: that?
1: I mean, I'm just hoping for this Jamison Williams hit, because <laughs> if we get him top five, like – go like you, you you ain't gonna see me again like I'm, I'm gonna buy a <laughs> boat and like we're gonna cruise <laughs> to the middle of the ocean that's number five that could very
3: much come into play number five
1: yeah I mean well especially with the uh the uh Kadarius Tony mm-hmm. stuff we also know that the Giants at least uh with uh one of their top seven picks they want to trade out um well I, I don't know I mean Diggle, you 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 seem to think that you know a lot about what the Jets are going to do could they still take Jamison Williams at four?
3: So it seems like after Drake London was cleared, that paved the way for them to not fight over Jamison, but instead take the fallback option at number 10 between Mm. Jamison, Garrett Wilson, and Drake Mm -hmm. London. It almost seems like Mm -hmm. Garrett Wilson's the one that slides unbelievably between those two now. But I think they're just going to take that, especially after Becton didn't report to quote unquote voluntary workouts like the one person that needed to report did not and is still reportedly I mean, out of shape. And Joe Douglas, when you when you heard that conference afterwards, he is very clearly fed up. And that's why I think it's easy to pick an offensive line mirror over the smoke that is the defensive line, because they were already in on icky over Thibodeau, certainly. Like, you have to listen, not just hear the words, but listen. They were interested in Icky, but intrigued by Thibodeau. That means they have to talk themselves out of Icky to get to the point where they draft Kavon. At the same time, though, we heard the smoke today came out of nowhere about Jermaine Johnson at number four. And also, that mentioned Jermaine Johnson over Kayvon Thibodeau. So if that is the case, again, he might be over that second person, but he's not over Icky or Neal. And so it always goes back, no matter what situation, to an offensive lineman, and that's the way I view it. Yeah, you can have you can have guys very
0: much in play at thirty eight as well for the Jets from an edge rusher standpoint. You know, if guys like you know, uh, uh, was the kid from Penn State's um, Emma Cady, you could have uh, you know um, the Mofe kid that like those guys could very much be there at thirty eight and not really you know have an edge need there in the top ten. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, the Giants. Let's move to that because that is something that I feel like with the the Tony news, they have been kind of put up there into the mix of receiver right we just didn't have a lot of receiver talk for the giants you know say 72 hours ago Kanish, uh what are your thoughts here on what they do with five and seven
2: there was some uh info i heard this week that's kind of making the rounds that uh that they would go charles cross here i think there's at five and six has been the the names where i know mcshay tweeted this out i had heard this before he tweeted it that he was either going to go five, or either the Giants are going to take him at five, or the Panthers, if they stay there and hold on, are going to take him at six, or the Giants would then take him back. Um, you know, I'm on, on the flip around at seven if they ended up if you know somebody they like Sauce Gardner fell to five, then they maybe they take him at five, and you'll try and get back around at seven if the Panthers are going to trade back. The long story short, that's that's a lot of words to give you that. I think Charles Cross under seven and a half, uh, which is out there at a lot of places, um, even at minus one thirty, minus one forty. I think has to be a play. Um, he, he's just, he, he, I'd heard this comparison that Brian double loves that. He, he's like the best pass protecting offensive lineman in the draft. Um, and they're going to throw the ball a ton. Same as what Carolina would want to do in their offense. Thanks for listening
1: uh, to uh, establish the run and, and, and uh, being a subscriber. Kanish. Uh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not aware <laughs> of what I that I heard that you're very active is, in the discord.
2: That po- uh, somebody, I know somebody, you know, tried to accuse me of being in there under a, you know, a surrogate name. I'm not. I have no uh, connections with that company, Um, but I know there was some first O-line shots that uh, a certain service might have released. Um, And I think even at eight to one, if you can still get that, which is pretty widely available, it's worth a shot. If the Jets don't go O-line here, then I think you, you would look at Cross as your preferred tackle to go five or six. I don't buy the I don't buy the wide receiver, I don't buy the wide receiver thing. At all. Yeah. Even with the Kadarius Tony issue, it's, it's, it's a long shot. It's a I don't long think shot. they're going wide receiver. But uh,
1: you know the Giants like they need cornerback help, um, and they're they're about to get rid of uh, James Bradbury. Like by every account. and so can they wait till there's two elite corners in this draft, and then there's like a significant fall off. So can the Giants afford to wait past number five to number seven? I mean. The Panthers are picking there now. They don't need a corner, but they want to trade out. W- would a team come up and grab a, a corner ahead of uh, uh, the Giants at seven? I mean, I don't know. It's the Giants are kind of in a well, they're in a great spot because they have two top seven picks, but they're kind. They they have to like try to forecast what's going to happen at number six. Why wouldn't they just go take Sauce Gardner at five? He's the perfect fit for Wink Martindale's defense. They loved uh, – Wink Martindale uh, comes from the Rex Ryan school. Um, you know, they they lo- they love play coverage and they blitz. You know, but you need guys who can cover, and that's what Sauce Gardner can do.
4: I mean, if Sauce is there at five, I think they have to pick Sauce at five. But if yeah. Sauce goes at three um, and it's just Stingley left, I think maybe they take a chance and hope that, you know, someone doesn't trade up at six for them, uh, and they go offensive line and kind of take whoever over – Whoever like Carolina wants. So I think that's probably the train of thought, at least that's what I would do. But again, you know, not really sure how much sense that uh, they make at the front office there either.
3: To connicious point, that's why Cross is just hard to get away from here because they not only in their private workouts tried him out as right tackle, knowing he worked exclusively at ta- left tackle the past two years, knowing it was possible to then kick Andrew Thomas either way or perhaps just keep Cross at right tackle if they draft, draft him, but also. The fact that they have prioritized, and we heard this on Jordan Ronan with the underdog show with Josh Norris, they prioritize this offseason and signing like athletic offensive linemen that can move around the, the most, especially and help alleviate pass pressure via a short passing game. And that is cross over Neil, even though Neil is the actually the better fit, X's nose wise. I don't know if like they care even about that. They just rather have the tackle and the more athletic guy. And so yeah, that's they, why I they paid up a little table. bit for
1: uh, uh, Mark Gluwinski who was like a mm-hmm. spark
3: good deal too.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So- uh, they, they also brought in uh, Feliciano from Buffalo who knows uh, Brian Dable, but you know, he's kind of like a, a free, you know, you would want him to be like your sixth guy on the offensive line. Um, and I, I think they could keep uh kick uh, Andrew Thomas to right tackle if they believe that, I don't know. They're, this is a crazy draft, man. And
3: <laughs> and, and wanting to trade Tony, like they're showing, like gentlemen, yeah. judges' decisions are not our problems. Yeah. We are done. Well, shit. you know,
1: and, and Dayball likes to spread it out with three and four receivers. I mean, this is why I wouldn't totally disconnect. You know, we agree a lot. We pretend <laughs> that we we disagree a lot, but this is why I wouldn't dismiss the possibility of the Giants taking a wide receiver early. Dayball likes to spread it out. He loves the passing game. Um. And, you know, they, they might get rid of Tony Galladay is kind of like, you know, iffy still Sterling Shepard is coming off like a major injury. I mean, they really do need help at that position.
0: And Dayball has uh, Alabama ties, as we know, you know, was uh, on that staff for a while. You know that he has insight to Neil. You know that he has insight to Jamo. Uh, we could double tap, you know, Crimson Tide guys here at five and seven. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised here either. So it's it's definitely an interesting thing. I know that they liked what they got out of Andrew Thomas last year after a rough rookie year. But, again, I wouldn't rule out the offensive line here either. It is it is definitely a, an interesting one. If you're hanging out with us again, uh, fill that up with questions. We'll definitely get to a spot where we can answer anything that you have, uh, any current looks in the board, any thoughts of the panel. And, again, I want to remind you, too, if you just joined us, uh, 444.com slash plans. Uh, we get a discount tonight, 25% off live during the show. Uh, we'll get you a discount on our betting sub. So uh, six, I mean, that's probably the most spot that we think everyone wants to you know trade out of. Everyone knows that too, right? So we have to have dance partners. We can't just trade out. Who are some of these teams that are looking to possibly trade up? I Evan, we have multiple teams we mentioned kind of in the middle that have multiple draft picks. You know, we're looking at the saints who have already made a trade to get one of these two eagles picks the eagles still have two picks uh we already talked about the texans like who makes sense as a dance
1: partner to come up to six i think the texans and the saints but i really i don't have strong conviction here
0: yeah what are the saints doing if they get there they, they're taking a i mean they have why it's a line me okay.
1: or, uh, or you know you know what or they could take a left tackle i mean <laughs>
0: right right. turn armsteads in miami that you know they could yeah, on this, the, is that, this is the antithesis of the draft right here. I mean, this is yep. kind of why we're at. It's like, I don't know. Well, they could do that.
3: Like I mean, that's the whole premise, Stagel. On 4-4's The most Accurate Podcast last week where I used Silva's name to bring Nick Underhill on to show him <laughs> we were mutual <laughs> friends. Um, he said that, one, he was well overweight on Olavi clearly being very, very high on the same draft board. And then also it seems to be their number one priority – to replace Teron Armstead. If that's the case, Cross, whether it's the Panthers or the Saints, make a lot of sense at six. Also, in in,
1: in, in my uh, conversations with Nick, those are the two names that he's mentioned most often. I'm starting to become skeptical that either of those guys, Chris Olave or Charles Cross, is even going to make it to their picks.
3: Which is why Olave's number is still over under 17 and a half, uh, they should have put it at like 15 and a half to, to make yeah. it safe because yeah. 17 and a half is a really, really good safe That's a number gift. to play. That's yeah. A gift and 100. then what we talk about it being confusing like, imagine if the Giants take cross at five. Then what the hell? do the Panthers do then what the hell do the team's trading up do unless they're trading up for JMO? Like it gets wild after that because I don't know who the Panthers would settle and take if it's not crossed. Like that's in my opinion is the only player on their board. Maybe long shots and Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett in that order.
4: Do any of you guys still think that the Panthers are going to take a QB? Yeah, I think we're all out on that, right? I think that's important to clear the air because there was a ton of buzz earlier, you know, whatever, a couple of weeks ago that they were going to take a quarterback and it kind of made sense. I have absolutely no idea what they're going to do at the position, maybe trade for Jimmy G. um, But I don't know.
3: I don't know what's happened in the last week, but it seems like Ben McAdoo has more strings to pull than Matt Rule. Like somehow (laughs) he's gotten control of this pick and that's why he's getting connected to Millie Willis because that's a traits individual that he would gladly pick over Kenny Pickett.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you're not going to save your job with any of these quarterbacks here, and uh, it's interesting to see the Matt Rule thing around him having final say and how that really plays itself out on draft day. Um, I can't imagine, you know, I just think that those ties were loose the entire time, but temper went to pits, he rec- you know, like Rule recruited in the temple, like. I don't know. I feel like that's the stuff that we want to grasp onto in February when we're trying to get down on some advantageous numbers ahead of time. And it just, you know, starts to become narrative driven and you tell yourself a story, but there really isn't anything good there from a football making decision.
1: While we, while we are still on the topic of uh, the visionary Ben McAdoo, we should note that quarterbacks that he has loved in the past, including Patrick Mahomes and Josh, those are, those are traits quarterbacks. and, Malik Willis is a a trades quarterback. Kenny Pickett is not a trades quarterback. You know, so
4: what if what if he definitively announced Sam Darnold as QB one because they knew they were going to take Malik Willis and sit him behind Sam Darnold for at least a couple couple games?
1: Oof, uh, that would be. Look gross. at
3: that. <laughs> Again, this is where it gets ugly. This is where it gets questionable and ugly.
1: Yep, yep. Well, well, because I think that we. I mean, I don't know. Do we all agree? Is there a consensus here that we think that the Panthers are like desperate to trade out? I mean, they don't have a second or third round pick and they have so many holes to fill. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. I I totally agree. I mean, I, I I know that we're not talking about defense and they spent an entire draft, I believe, two drafts ago with nothing but defenders. Um, You know, they added a first round defensive players. Yeah, they added a first round corner last year. So it makes sense that they do something to add to the offensive line. Uh, but you know, like again, not having a second and third, those are NFL starters. Like you, you want your second and third guys, second and third round picks to be starters. Like those are starters on good teams, not having them when you have a, you know, uh, a roster like the Panthers have is a problem. So it makes sense for them to want to bounce back into maybe a stronger draft too next year, you know, get something next year as well. So who knows uh, Atlanta is another one of these teams. I think the next two are very similar where Atlanta and Seattle have so many holes to fill. There are things that make the most sense to us, I think, because of when you look at the depth chart from an Atlanta pass catching standpoint, outside of Kyle Pitts, it is just a wasteland. So it makes a lot of sense why we're seeing receivers get mocked there quite often. We're seeing that kind of the market's kind of dictating that as well. It's a matter of who's there. We're seeing a lot of Drake London talk here in the last couple of days, um, led by you know, Daniel Jeremiah being that's kind of their seems to be their guy. Um, a guy that seemed to be pigeonholed as an option for the Jets at ten, that doesn't seem to be the case. But again, I would not be surprised with anything that the Falcons do based off of what their roster is condition.
2: I, I agree. I think it's been like like the the group think. The common assumption is that they're they're a hundred percent going to go wide receiver. I'm not totally in that that bug. I, I it's a definite possibility. Um, but as you're saying, depending on how you know the the this first you know some picks shake out. I think you could see them going a number of different directions, I, depending on which defensive lineman falls. If Thibodeau's still on the board here, do they add him? If a tackle falls, could they possibly bolster the offensive line? I, as you said, they've got so many holes. And also, not but probably it's a team that's, you know, if you're looking for a longer vision – isn't going to contend uh, and then Ridley would come back off as, you know, the one year, uh, you know, suspension for a few shitty parlays um, that, that you you'd be adding back to the wide receiver room the next year. Um, So it doesn't look as bad as it would, you know, a year from now with Pitts and Ridley. So could I see them going wide receiver? Absolutely. Uh, But I I think there's definitely more possibilities uh, than I think a lot of the, the, the mocks are just to think right now, it puts it out there.
0: I don't want to besmirch the parlay lord who's in the house, but I heard the Kenish that uh, Ridley was tailing you on the parlay side. Is there any truth, <laughs> to that uh, really? all he no, had no. to
2: do was send me. You know, he had, obviously he's betting big in a couple of accounts. All the Calvin, let's make some money together. <laughs> Shoot me a DM. Why? You know, it didn't have to go down like this. Who's betting? No, why are you betting in your own name?
0: I know you like eight leggers. I just wasn't sure if that was you. I heard you had some
2: long Robin. That. Hey, he's got my. I don't. I don't hate it.
3: That's why. Also, number eight is why this draft goes off the rails in a hurry, even if you do figure oh, yeah. out five, six and seven, yeah. because again, I mentioned this on last week's show, but we truly and every year it said where, oh, this is a crazy draft. You never know what's going to happen. This really is unprecedented territory, right? Just because of having the most athletic defensive tackle ever, one of the most athletic players ever at the combine and Jordan Davis and Jermaine Johnson. What now do you do with a team with every deed in the book? Like even yeah. a couple years ago, they drafted AJ Terrell. And as great of a player Terrell is, he hasn't mattered whatsoever for that defense has not made a nope. dent at all. And so what do they do, especially with a Dean Pease at DC, who also appreciates versatile safeties like Kyle Hamilton can bring. So it's genuinely across the entire board, what they could add here.
0: Yeah, it's a mess. Connor, any thoughts or liens currently? Is there any value in the marketplace on taking a, you know, position for the Falcons outside of the outside of receiver, because I feel like that's definitely the favorites. But I don't feel like any of us are very locked on that being the pick.
4: No, I grabbed something like plus 200, uh, like a while ago. I think that's closer to even money now. So I think at this point, Kanish brought up some good points. Kind of just, I would not be surprised actually if this is like a completely off the wall pick. Like, you know, all their top guys on their board are picked and they draft like, like you said, like Jordan Davis, or, you know, maybe some, someone just like completely way down the board that we expect to be in the teens as like their top player on the board. Uh, it would not surprise me at all. So, but on the other hand though, I think picking a guy like Jameson Williams does make sense because they don't need, I mean, they're not going to win like in the first couple of games. So they don't need Jameson Williams come back in the first like half of the season, quarter of the season, they can let him return. And then when you get, you know, if you get Ridley back, you know, then your wide receiver room is like, I mean, you're cooking with gas with Ridley, you know, Jameson Williams, Pitts. Like, that's actually like a real offense if that were to happen. I mean, Ridley could obviously be, you know, traded as well.
0: Arthur Smith unlocks Mariota, and we're uh, fighting for third place in the uh, NFC West or South. In, in Tennessee,
1: when Arthur Smith was running the Titans offense, like they benched Marcus Mariota. So. That's uh, this, is, this is a really tough situation. I mean, they, they, like, they could take a quarterback I, at eight. They could take a quarterback I think it's relatively low probability, but like, you can't be surprised if they, if they take like Malik Willis at eight. It's
0: the same premise that I have for why I think the Steelers thing does make sense for Willis because then you have a built-in same style of offense. You, put, you build that you know, mobile quarterback offense around Trubisky. You yep. do the same thing with Mariota and then slide in the rookie when he's there. It would not shock me at all. So uh, nine against Seattle. Ton of issues, uh, Daigle. I mean, they have uh, an awful defense, they have a uh, no quarterback anymore. Um, you know that they want to establish the hell out of it. Um they could go, you know, hog molly up front. Uh just you know, Trevor Penning's a guy that we've talked to being available. There's gonna be so many better players than Trevor Penning available though at nine. Again, Seattle's another team that we know can go. Crazy off the board. They definitely have their own system. They aren't drafting off of a consensus board. Uh, historically, Schneider and Carroll have really kind of done some wonky things, especially early in the draft. What do you think Seattle does here?
1: Kenneth Walker, Rashad Penny, <laughs> one, two
3: You were also, Silva, on Devin Lloyd early. And despite the fact Lloyd has fallen the past couple weeks, no one's really talked about him at all, it's still – really a possibility here like I think the Kobe deed is even a possibility uh if they prefer him if he's higher on their draft board I think Desmond Ooh, Ritter I think like Desmond Ritter money. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't disagree with Dagle at all like I don't I, tell, these are real possibilities and that's if they don't go Trevor Penning I still think they establish it with a poor offensive line adding to that unit. but again those are players I genuinely would not be shocked at all if we hear their name called Desmond Ritter as well over Malik and Kenny Pickett
4: I mean, that is scorching hot. I mean, like, Nicobe Dean's over-under right now. It's like 30. Desmond Ritter <laughs> at one point was 25 to 1. We know that. Of course, Do they, they don't know care about that? that at all. I'm just saying yeah. that, you know, like, some point, someone maybe would have gotten an inkling of that. But at the same time, like, I mean, the Desmond Ritter thing is fine. You guys played 25 to 1 on uh, Desmond Ritter first QB. I think that's, at, like, at, like fairly alive. I don't know about a 9, but I think if it gets to the late teens, I mean, anything could happen happened at that point
0: sales another interesting team they have 40 41 at the top of the second if they decided they wanted to do something so like that's where the Ritter thing to me is like if they're actually interested they have something to maybe get back into the back end of the first um to do something there versus taking him there but again like to Daigle's point like we're laughing but I'm not laughing at Daigle I'm laughing going yeah I mean it's the freaking Seahawks uh you know Evan. I don't know what you think I agree I think Lloyd's a terrific football player he does feel like kind of that's Pete Carroll, bread and butter type of guy. I just, I don't know what to do with his team. I've kind of locked in on penning and I've almost just ignored anything else. And like, that'll be a, my mock draft pick and I'll move on. And I, I don't know what to do with him.
1: Well, I, I, again, I, I think that if Kayvon Thibodeau makes it here, they're going to take him. Um, you know, but I, I don't know if he's going to make it. I, Kayvon Thibodeau's draft projection right now is all over the place. He could go as early as two, but I don't think he gets past nine.
0: No, that's a good point.
2: Yes. Yeah, I filled a, a big order for somebody uh, on a Stingley under nine and a half. And they said that there, there's no shot that the Seahawks would pass on Stingley if he got all the way to nine. Um, if he doesn't, I think this is the first real like Malik Willis, uh, you know, like potential possibility where if you're going to go into a season with Drew Locke, he kind of fits the mold of what Seattle had had at, at quarterback with Russell Wilson. Um I think it's I don't think they're going to take Malik Willis. I think this is the first slot where I would say that it wouldn't surprise me if he went here. Um but also as as you've mentioned they they were kind of like a a raiders with Mike Mayock where they don't they're going to take their guy no matter what how the rest of the league values them even if it's 20 30 spots or two rounds higher if it's Rashad Penny then a lot of people think that the guy's going to go if they like somebody uh, and they're usually not very open about who that is, uh, they're going to, they, they don't care about the pick number. They're going to take them. So not, uh, I get,
3: not he, only Rashad Benny, but look to Jordan Brooks as well. Like they, yeah. they genuinely do not care about your board. Uh, if they have a player yeah. graded high, that's where they're going.
1: Yeah. That, that's why I, I'm still not ruling out Devin Lloyd to go number nine yep. uh, to Seattle, like to replace, um, uh, 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 Bobby Wagner. Yeah, and and to give them some uh, pass rush help as well because Devin Lloyd uh, can rush the passer.
4: Kanish you snuck one in there though. I mean, Stingley under nine and a half still widely available. I mean, is that just like a banger at this point or what? I mean, I have under twelve and a half, under eleven and a half, under ten and a half. Is it still very much playable at nine and a half? Oh,
2: yeah, I, I'd still play nine and a half. I mean, I, the logic in, in me of like knowing what he's been through the past two seasons and the injuries and the slack up, it, it it's hard, but all of the all of the smoke all of the you know, the info from everywhere is that it, it, that multiple teams like him. people aren't worried about it athletic had a big piece on him today with, uh about him battling through it and the lsu coaching staff talking about how highly they loved him and, and telling teams you know already worked on that so again i i the, and especially in a draft where you, you know you've got your two premium corners um I would still play a nine and a half, a juice nine and a half.
0: I like it. All right, we worked our way through the top 10. How about some, you know, team and player marriages that you think make sense that could be there? Again, this is a very difficult process in this type of draft because we don't necessarily know what's going to happen. We know like, hey, Ohio State's receivers to Washington has been something that they've pegged. Like we have that kind of Rivera thing where he, you know, he likes those guys. He also went to the Kyle Hamilton pro day as well. So I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Anything like that, Connor, that's still on the board. Maybe something we can take advantage of in the, in the market still uh, from a player and team matchup standpoint.
4: Admittedly, honestly, not too much right here for me. I mean, do, do you guys have any like specific team player pairings just because there's so many domino effects at the top, like, I can project uh, – I mean, I think that you know an Olave to Washington makes a lot of sense, but if Garrett Wilson's still on the board at 11, I mean, do they pick Wilson over over Olave? I mean, he was at that pro day too, so it's not like it's – I think that's still very much live as well. So, I mean, that would be an easy one, but at the same time, I, I don't really have too much of a lean on this on for the early standpoint. Evan, what do you think about Washington? I've read some stuff too, I think it was in The
0: Athletic, around what they liked to do last year with Landon Collins. And they didn't get really what they wanted out of it from that – like. Big safety in the way that they used him, but like they really like that style of defense and they got some really good returns in the second half of the season at that position. Kyle Hamilton is kind of that unicorn player where he can kind of fill in and be a, a box safety, you know, a guy that you could put and cover big slots. Like he is a guy that we know we kind of undervalue the position in the league at this point. But, like, this is a, a football player, a guy that just is going to be a, a winner, I think, on Sundays. He's terrific. Uh, do you think Washington makes sense? And if not, where does he fall?
1: Right before this, uh, we did a, a active or a, a live mock draft with uh, Ben Standing at uh, established the Run. That's uh, at Establish the Run on Twitter and uh, EstablishTheRun.com on uh, the Internet. <laughs>
3: Wherever you can find your info, soak that in.
1: Soak that in. <laughs> ben Standing took <clears throat> Kyle Hamilton for the Washington Commanders. So, um, and we know that Ben Standing has a, a very long. People are paying for that being,
2: pick. People pay for that kind of crap info.
1: They're not <laughs> taking Hamilton. No, it's, it's, a, it's a free podcast. We we all, we know we all know that you listen. So, <laughs> I would just go with that. I mean, Ben Standing is, is very good at this. He covers. Uh, the commanders and he has like actual intel
4: Kyle Hamilton 11 to Washington. I mean, speaking of Hamilton too, I mean like, I know, I think we all got down at six and a half and eight and a half on the overs, but now we're seeing some 11 and a halfs, 12 and a half. I think that's mm. too high, especially when you have Washington, you know, kind of lingering mm. there. Um, I mean them and potentially even, you know, the Vikings or Texans after like a, I think the top end of his range. I know that he, you know, ran a four seven as pro day and ran really slow at the combine relative. He's a really high. good player though. Exactly. And like it only matters to a certain point. Like, yeah, do you want to spend a top five pick on that guy at a devalued position position? Probably not, but I mean at eleven, I think that's more than more than fine. Yeah. It's a good point.
0: Uh Diggle, any any team player pairings that you like here down into the middle part of the draft?
3: Uh the Cowboys are sort of at the end, but I'm pretty right. sure we, we've heard them whittled down at 24 to Zion Johnson and Kenyon green. I believe they're higher on Zion because although Beata should not be guaranteed the starting center spot again, and that's where green would play. Uh, the Cowboys know that left guard is wide open and that's where they would immediately plug Zion in at. And so I I'm pretty sure they are higher there than, uh, Than green, and so that's where I'm at right now at that pick. But again, if Traylon Burks gets there as well, and we've seen Burks mock to Philadelphia, then then all bets are off because that's when Jerry Jones steps in. Jerry Jones steps back out of the process a lot, but he could very well step in for the splash.
0: That's what I was going to ask. What happens if Burks is available? Does he make sense there? Because the one thing I thought, because I heard you know, Daniel Jeremiah today was talking about Jahan Dotson being. A guy that maybe doesn't make it out of the 20s, so that maybe he's in that mix for that Philadelphia pick, and maybe he goes ahead of Burks because the way that Jeremiah was kind of you know summarizing the receivers was Dotson was clearly in that group, and then like Burks is kind of maybe the the last guy of the group. So which is very interesting to me. I'm I'm high on Dotson, but I'm interested to see if maybe he's that guy and and that
3: pushes Burks down, and then that Cowboys pick gets real interesting. The receivers and those guys at the end of the draft got real interesting because they finally separated themselves we got a lot of last minute medicals today and the mcginn series as well as a couple others from like bruce feldman and we found out that apparently like the nfl is all down on george pickens for instance so okay no more squeezing pickens into the first round now just put john donson in that place instead we're also seeing kyler gordon being valued over andrew booth okay Kick out Andrew Booth in the first round, now squeezing Kyler Gordon. So I do think the player pool is getting down to 34, 35 players when it was a lot more just last week. But again, pinpointing is where I think it's a disaster right now. Yeah,
0: I think it's hard. Like Dotson, we want Dotson in that spot. He makes sense late. But then like you think of the Packers are a receiver-needy team. But if you think about the Packers and their style of player that they draft, Dotson does not fit that like size-speed combination, Evan, that they seem to, especially at the top of the draft, like to have guys that kind of check those – you know, relative athletic scores, those spark guys historically. So that makes it a little interesting too. They're another team with two picks here.
1: I mean, I, I think the Packers are going to take a receiver with one of their picks. Um, I don't know whether it be at uh, where they have a 22 and 28. Yep. I mean, but I think it's really hard to predict. I, you know, I I've been on trail on Burks to go there. I think he makes a lot of sense again, you know, picking up a lot of the slack from the, uh, all those rub routes that they would, throw to uh uh, adams i I think they would probably have to take him at 22 i don't know but i I could also see him falling i mean he's 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 a very he might be the most polarizing receiver out of all the receivers this year and then i think they go defense with their other pick they're 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 a tough team to predict man they could also go offensive line i think
0: uh, established the runs Anthony Miko and made some disparaging remarks around Burks transitioning to tight end. Who? Eventually.
2: Wow. Um, no, but I don't know who that is. <laughs>
0: so, you know.
2: I will say, let me, as far as a team connection, and I know the son of a bitch uh, to my left on the screen is going to bring up that. They mentioned it. One, And it's a team that I will give the, him, them the credit that he mentioned has telegraphed picks in the past and that's Steelers and Malik Willis. Uh, and it's, I mean, la- there are very few teams on the board who had a will have a pick like last year in the Najee Harris pick that's in, that's, you know, not a top five pick, and you can, pre- they're basically putting out who they're going to take, and then they actually take that guy. Like, that's become such a rarity in the NFL, um, especially for anything outside of the, the top five, top 10, where you can be so, you know, like, it's such public knowledge that a team well, is... Well, it, but, and then
1: their beat writers... I mean, the beat writers essentially work for the organization. Yep. Um, you know, they're like the... Uh, state. They're like the Gensaki, you know, or the... Uh, uh, <laughs> Kaylee McEnany or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Sarah, Sarah Huckabee Sanders for, for the government, you know? But they actually work for the Steelers organization. Even, like, Jerry Dulac, who's covered the Steelers for forever, uh, he was like... If Najee Harris doesn't make it to 24, they're going to take Pat Friermuth with the 24th pick. They wound up getting both of them. You know, it's like, it's incredible.
3: And there's really only one way to bet that because Malik Willis' is over-under is pretty much 12 and a half universally at minus 110, minus 120. And that's fine, but it's much safer to just bet plus 260, for instance, on a points bet or plus 200 anywhere else for the Steelers to draft Malik Willis in particular. And that's the way you get the best odds on it.
0: Yeah, straight up makes sense. Yeah,
4: there's another Uh, good uh team to player pairing that I think has been really uh highly debated here. Brees Hall and the Bills. I mean, are we buying that or no? I mean, originally I thought it you know had some legs, but the more I dig into it, I'm not really sure. I know that Daigle got down in a good way to play it though. Um, you you hit some some like longer odds, right? Daigle, it's he has one out one out and it's the bills at 25.
3: That's it. Uh, his over under evens 40. (laughs) So they don't think he's going to the first round either, but since he has one out on FanDuel, I still believe it's six to one. And, uh, so I just played Brees Hall to Bills six to one. That's the best way to get it. No other teams drafting him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we see a running back. I think that's like minus 300 or minus 400 uh, at this point.
2: Running back, uh, outside of Hall sprinkles for RB one, uh, I had a long, long, long shot on. I don't think it's gonna. It's a value loser, but there was a huge price on James Cook, um, so, because he's such a great receiving yep. <laughs> back. Uh,
1: but the, I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think so.
3: I got the. But, but I got you the did, did you get uh,
1: uh, Kenneth Walker at like solid plus money for a while, like plus two hundred?
3: I got the long shot sprinkle on James Cook, too, and it wasn't enough to even matter. But I got I got the long shot, too, just because seeing that he kept being brought in for top 30 visits, and then Isaiah Spiller pretty much fell out of the process. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, now we're down to three. It's only Hall, Walker, and James Cook now that, teams are actually deciding as the first back on day two. And so I sprinkle a little bit too. I don't, I don't know if it comes to fruition at all, but and yeah, I don't think I got Kenneth it. Walker is your traditional three down back. That's going to be out there for every play. Now, he's, is he a better runner than James
2: cook? Of course. But in terms of a, if you're going to take a running back high, I, I want a guy, a guy that can play every single snap. I want a Christian McCaffrey type. And I think cook's a guy that, that at least like, you never have to take him off the field. He can pass by and catch. He's got speed. So uh, obviously he's not, You didn't have the production of either of those two guys, even in the same realm, but um, I I don't know. If you can still find a cook, I I mean, I played 80 to one. I think if you can still find a 40 or a 50, it's at least worth a small shot.
1: Comment uh, from Twitter why does everyone have nice setups and look professional except for the one guy (laughs) laying on his couch?
2: That's it. That's it. That's it. There's only one man of the people here. Who's not a, you know, a company man trying to, you know, do it for us. The only man of freedom here, Joey K. That's why. Unbelievable. Uh, Yeah. You were like, I think it was
0: minus two and a quarter for you to be laying down today. And I thought that that was like the best bet on the board. Wait, you
2: think I'm going to do, you know, an hour plus? Sitting at a desk, (laughs) I don't think
3: so. Uh, Kanish, let me ask you, have you heard anything on the Lions' number 32 pick? Because I have heard, at least to open the second day, they're interested in Sam Howe. And if that's the case, wouldn't they be interested at the end of the first day just to make sure they get that fifth-year option? Like, is there any truth to that?
2: I, I, you know what, I, I don't, as far as, which quarterback would be there? I, I, you know, I don't, I, but as far as could I see them taking a quarterback there, especially if someone's absolutely, and it's for the exact reason you said it's exactly what's what the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson, trading up for that last pick in the first round. If you're gonna take a guy, that's where you want him for that option. So, who I, I, I again, I, I know they did their work on uh, Willis and Pickett, but it, it, I, I, I don't have a great feel on which quarterback it, depending on which, you know, from fell, which one would be there. Um, I personally would love a Mac corral at 32. Uh, I'm not as high on Sam. Howell, um, but no, it wouldn't surprise me if they win. if you can find, uh, you know, if you're looking for the exact, most places only have first pick, but if you can find a, uh, you know, an exact on the lines to take a quarterback with that 32 pick at a higher price, it, it's worth a sprinkle for sure. Uh,
0: last year, Evan, Eric Stokes was a moneymaker for us, right? You were on Stokes, I think is yes, yes, over sir. under, was in the forties. Uh, he not yeah. only cashed that for us in a big, big way that we pounded. He also put us over on yep. corners in the first round. It was a, a print fest of a pick. Um, I know we got a little bit of time. We're 72 hours out or so. Do we have an Eric
1: Stokes this year? I mean, could it be Kyler Gordon from Washington? I mean, Washington had just been ripping – defensive back hits. I mean, they're, they are the West coast version of uh, like cornerback defensive back you at this point, you know, from Buddha Baker to, you know, Desmond Trufant. And I mean, the, the Elijah Molden, I mean, they, they've been banging out and, and, and teams like care about stuff like that, you know, like they've been producing NFL caliber cornerbacks on a regular basis so I, I I think that that would be the guy this year. Um If you want to make a, a comparison to Eric Stokes.
0: I like it. Yeah, we see that with even off places like Central Michigan produces quality starting offensive linemen. Boston College is never really competitive, but they always produce, you know, uh, a viable starting, you know, first round draft pick at the old line. Every so often we go one again this year with with Zion Johnson. Connor, you've been firing, I think probably, I don't, I, got, I don't want to speak for everyone. I think that you probably have, the most raw bets down in this draft currently. Uh, what have you bet today? Is there anything that we can get down on currently? Uh, Josh is talking about here over one and a half safeties. I know that that's a big play for you. That is priced kind of out, in my opinion, at this point, that you're laying down some massive juice. Uh, but you can talk to that one. And, and is there anything that you bet today, maybe that anyone listening can, can tail on?
4: Yeah, I think a derivative of that that you can still play right now is uh, Lewis seen under thirty four and a half right now at plus one hundred five. Uh, so I think that he's a ton of ties there in that in the first round uh, with the Bengals, with the Lions, uh, the Packers have been known to take safeties, you know, a little bit higher in the draft uh, in years past. And he's like a little bit of more of a traditional safety compared to Daxon Hill. There's also been a ton of buzz on Lewis seen over the past like two weeks about how you know he's just like a really strong player from coming from an elite defense. Basically, he's been only positive buzz for like the last two weeks. So. I think that, and Daniel Jeremiah mentioned, he's a guy that's going to go way higher than expected. I mean, it's been basically a consistent positive buzz. You're getting plus money on basically a first-round bet. So I, I think that he's a good way there. Uh, over one and a half safeties right now is already like minus 300. Um, probably not bettable at this point uh, at the same time. though, I think the Lewis scene one is probably a good look.
3: It helps scene too that... We haven't confirmed it just yet since Walter football has that page where he has all the reports and he's gathering information from everywhere. So it's like unsourced. I'm not sure where he gets it from, but apparently Daxton Hill is moving lower down the process because he interviewed poorly like a couple others, right? Like this page is also where a few of those late red red medical flags came from as well. That did turn out to be true. So again, unsourced, not sure where else is coming from outside of Walter football, but Daxton Hill is apparently getting knocked down for his interviews.
0: That's an interesting one, too. Uh, he makes a lot of sense to me for Buffalo uh, because, you know, there's he could be multiple. He can cover the slots. They have Jordan Poyer kind of in the last year. Uh, you know, if you want to be able to have him backfill safety and move on from that, uh, that makes a lot of sense with with Daxton Hill. But, you know, uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. I have I think we got plus money on him to be in the first round, and I feel pretty good
1: about that still. But we will we will see. Evan, anything that you bet today? Today, um, yeah, anything that's I, out there, I, I, I took a shot on uh, uh, Jermaine Johnson to go in the top five at uh, plus 400. Um, but no, I, I've kind of slowed down in terms of my bets. I, th- I think I, I feel a little, the night before though, I'm I'm, I'm going wild, I'm you know, <laughs> emptying the clip. So, <laughs> yeah, you know.
3: I still love that during this show, you can look over and see Kanish from his couch betting on his phone while we say the bets. That's still, <laughs> my, that's still my favorite thing that happens during this <laughs> annual show. I
2: mean, I'm not going to let these motherfuckers in the comments get to it before me while they're Thank snatching you. it up if we're doing a content. I'm, I'm making the bets. Uh,
4: there's a, I, there's one that I talked about today that you guys uh, didn't necessarily like, but I think there's a better way to play it. So you can get Jordan Davis uh, at plus 115 to be drafted before Kenny Pickett. Uh, so at plus money. Um, I think that's a good look at plus money. I think that Jordan Davis's floor is like 14 or 15 to the Ravens or Eagles. Kenny Pickett, uh, you know, I think. Just has so few outs in the top, like at the top 12, 15 picks at this point. Carolina, we're very confident, as we all agreed on are not taking a quarterback. Um, I guess Atlanta and Seattle are the two biggest wild cards, in my opinion. That I guess hypothetically could. But at the end of the day, like there's been just so little buzz on pickett outside of Carolina that it would be really, really surprising to me if he goes in that range. Now, a lot of buzz on him in the 20s. So I think that at plus money, that might be a better way to play it than just straight up the over-under, uh, like a juiced 12 and a half, which is what you're seeing right now, or a 15 and a half. At some other shops, are you guys more into that noon and Dago? I know they shut me down pretty quick earlier, but is that something you guys might be interested at this point? It wasn't that I didn't like the line. Part of it was the juice on the picket thing, and part of it is the the
0: the nature of quarterbacks and having so like little confidence in where they go and if there's any interest in teams moving up to grab them. So like you're talking about 14, which we kind of feels the floor for Jordan Davis, like. We just talked about the Texans moving back up. Could the Texans move up from 13 to six with interest of still getting picket plus that's kind of a, uh, something we've heard Jeremiah talk about a lot is picket plus like if they can get Pickett still, but then also add some, some stuff on, you know, day two or maybe even something else for next year, they may be interested in it. So I just having exposure to this volatility at the quarterback position is just something I'm trying to limit myself to other than I took Malik Willis plus 350 to go to the Steelers. That's the only quarterback action I currently have on my card.
3: Pickett, even discussing him, is also just so annoying because anytime you put him to a team, it's not like they actually want to take him. It's just like, oh, well, this is the 18th <laughs> yeah. player on our board and everyone else <laughs> went, so I guess we'll take Pickett. Like, you can't fit him anywhere, no matter what you think of him as a player. So that's yeah. why it's just so hard. I mocked him to the Titans because
0: I felt like he had to be in the first round, not because I necessarily think that the – titans are the right spot for him now i get the tandem angle you, you can get out of him next year save a crap ton of money he didn't play greats all of those things but like yeah i don't know that any team is excited as a fan base when you come home with kenny pickett on friday morning so it'll be interesting to see what happens there uh condition anything that you got down on today or anything that's out there that's still live for the folks that are hanging out with us
2: uh you know it, it was kind of some stuff we already uh, I was adding more to the 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 cross under seven and a half position um as uh, Silva mentioned it but some Jermaine Johnson uh, it seemed kind of like 10 being the floor for him so for him to go on the top 10 um laid some of that um there wasn't a lot like I said there is some exactas that uh you know like some top three exactas just to go top five exactas. you know sprinkle some money on uh to could see it you know kind of going crazy um but, the, you know, the first-to-go markets, I, I thought, are relatively efficient. Uh, a little, again, I, I think cross is a, kind of a value play, but again, one that they probably loses to, you know, Equanu or Neal at the three or four spot. Um, but it, it, we'll have to see, you know, in the next couple of days if we, we can get some, uh, you know, some steam on a, maybe, you know, a, where to play the quarterback. I know Titans was one, Steelers for uh, another for Bumblee and Pickett, but, um, it was mostly just kind of adding to, to a couple positions that I already had some early money on.
1: What do you guys think about Trey McBride plus four seventy five to go in the first round? He was like, in the like, uh, every mock draft. He doesn't yeah. appear in the first round every, mo- but he's also considered like the clear cut number one tight end in the draft. And I, I mean, I I agree with that. So why why isn't he getting more uh, like very late first round buzz?
4: Uh, you're muted Noonan, but wasn't he in uh, Peter King's mock draft today? Or what? Oh, yeah, I was he? I thought he so. was.
3: He was mocked as number thirty-two to the Lions. I think it was to Peter King in the first round.
4: Yeah, I run. was saying
0: Cincinnati. Right, Cincinnati moved on.
3: Maybe it was thirty-one. Yeah, Absolutely. where he was mocked. But either way, he it was, was
1: four seventy-five. Yeah, I mean right. that's that's pretty good eyes right there. I mean, I, I mean, if, if I if I were a betting man, I would probably place him somewhere in the fifties. But I, you know, he's considered so much better than all the rest of the tight ends. And, and again, I agree with that. Like, why is he not getting at least a little bit of late round buzz? Uh, late first round buzz. Jelani Woods, there
2: was a 25 to 1 out there. Jelani, I don't think he'll, again, same thing as Cook. I don't think he can go above Trey McBride, but he had like legitimately, he's like the most athletic. Tight end uh in the history since they started doing uh you know combine data. Um and without a guy again, McBride for sure number one, but not a guy that's gonna go, you know, in the top half of the first round type of thing. Um I, I think I like Woods to be if you can find a you know a second tight end better than a first tight end. Um, but I think uh you know the Canby had a couple of those that I played Jelani Woods some uh, small plays on first and second tight end um i think he's being priced more like the fourth or fifth guy when he's a guy uh that just if you want to take a shot in the second round on athletic freak um he also had to add some some you know some decent production at virginia um so i he's a guy i liked if you can get a higher price on first or second tight end there plus 900 it's come down a bit i think i saw some 15 you know when it first out there but second tight end 900 i'd still play a bit um because he's—I mean, they, there's the guy who does the uh, the RAS scores, who had him like a perfect 10 um, for the tight end position. So it, it, again, yeah, for when you're talking about second round, uh, you know, opportunity player, um, he's one of the the ones that I, I wouldn't mind to sprinkle on the first and second TE.
0: Yeah. Bengals fans, again, for the sake of discussion, we have to try to find a home for them in the first round. Theoretically, <laughs> you know, uh, team logo guy, undefeated still. Matt, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We're not saying they are. We're just trying to find homes that would make sense if they. They need
2: to take about to. six offensive linemen in this draft before they get Joe Burrow's career. Yeah, ended. A nice uh, little off season. season <laughs> yeah, yeah, and t- take a few more because I mean the guy's not going to last until twenty five if you keep letting him fucking get killed every snap. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, I took. I talked
0: about him a little bit earlier, but I took Jahan Dotson today uh, under 30 and a half, which was plus money on points bets. There were some 31 and a halfs out there. 31 feels like a dead number. I don't think that the Bengals are taking a receiver, so I like getting the plus number on Dotson again. Was I was bullish on as a first-round pick uh, to begin with, and then obviously having the Daniel, De- Daniel Jeremiah stuff today, feel pretty good about that, especially at plus 100. So that was on points bet a couple hours ago. Um, I also know our uh, friend of the show uh, Vegas refund took an under on McBride at 63 and a half. when he did that, it moved instantly to like 59 and a half. But I think that's still out there in like the high to mid fifties on McBride's over under. Uh, And I'm not quite sure. I think that was like 50,
4: 50 right now. It's like, I'm all the way down to.
0: Okay. Well,
4: Thanks, VR. Uh, yeah, that was on DraftKings, so that's probably still <laughs> up
1: uh, Good stuff from him.
0: Uh, Dagle, anything that you hit today or anything that you've been eyeing at uh, the folks that are hanging out with us? And then we can get to some of the questions that are uh, in the chat.
3: Uh, I just hit the trifecta and exacta today. I, I just had Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Derek Stingley, and Aquanu, and then switched it with Gardner instead of Stingley at three. Um, And then also added the trifecta, which I'm much more confident in, even though Knish's sources scare me, and Walker and then Hutchinson and then Stingley. And that's the one, two, three punch I'm going with. Okay, I like it. I believe it. Could you see a scenario (laughs) where Hutchinson
2: falls to five or possibly outside five?
3: I cannot personally, but I know some people are betting Hutchinson at three and four, but I can't. Uh, I also wonder if if that syndicate took Thibodeau at two, thinking Kanish, Hutchinson went at one. Did they do that, or did they did they assume, but, or does it not matter because they were just betting the number?
4: But there is no steam on on one, and I think like right, you know yeah, you no, get you get limited right like so like if you get limited to a certain number in this like unless they just keep feeding the money until I guess the odds inevitably get even to the same price as as hutch but i mean they weren't they weren't betting number one like number one didn't move at all so right right like, you would think that there would be like at least some movement on number one uh because they'd get maxed out at a certain spot and then like have to move somewhere else but i don't know maybe not yeah no it was it was solely uh uh number two to the lions um which
2: again that the, the pre-draft info depending on where it's coming from has been wrong plenty of times but um it, it was definitely real money betting that the out two which i don't know i i gotta believe it to see it i can dan campbell passing up uh you know a guy that wears war paint and you know is a mile <laughs> away you know it's sack of I, I i i'd have to see it for for you know a guy who loves the uh, bitcoin and you know <clears throat> took a bunch of 100 plays <laughs> off for oregon so well, I, don't, I don't i don't i don't someone lived, there was a story like thibodeau seems like a campbell guy He's just, Thing like a Campbell guy his own coaching staff said he like didn't try for half of last season so I I, I, I see I see the ceiling I see the higher ceiling than Hutch I would still have to, to believe it to see it that they're going to take him at two
3: well either way the, the bets are already made and we're sticking with it so that's the trifecta I bet today
0: yeah I can't I can't get there either I can't get myself to Tibbs at two I cannot see them passing on Hutchinson at two and I, I get yeah, I mean, have sharp friends that are taking different positions to do so. And I understand covering your bases and not wanting to take a bloodbath. But I just, I can't, I cannot see we get to a spot where they pass on him. I mean, it fits a need. It is such a win. And again, like, you know, we've talked about this, Will Brinson in the chat, like Will and I have talked about this, like teams that does matter at times. They do want to win Friday morning. They want to win that a little bit. So like when you can take the same position that kind of fits your highest need, and you can kind of win the press conferences on Friday and the weekend. You're going to win all the mock draft grades. No one really believes in Walker. And you got the guy that you wanted at one. You didn't have to take him. You got him at two. Like, I think some of that stuff matters. There is a lot more questions to be answered in the media with taking Thibodeau at two and passing on Hutchinson than there are just pressing the button on Hutch and then moving forward. So it kind of feels like a yeah. no, no-brainer okay. to me.
4: That's fair. So this is actually something that I've been noticing today too. This is pretty wild. So Thibs under, despite all the negative news on him, has been just getting massively steamed, like minus two eighty. Despite like all the reports, like at the second half of today, being like, oh, Thibs is not going four. Thibs is not going five. You know, like yet his under is just getting destroyed right now. Um, so I don't know if it's a, that's your same buddies over there, Kanish, or if it's just some you know a lot of bozos with a lot of money. But I. I it's something that I don't think should be completely ignored because you're going to get a great, great like price on getting the over there if you're in the same belief as I think we are right now. It's just that Thibs is probably not going to. If he doesn't go two, then I mean, I think that he's he's well over four and a half. So,
3: I I I also wonder, Connor. Something I've been thinking about is since Evan Neal went the other way, Evan Neal is now what like minus over like minus two fifty to be over five and a half. I wonder if people will just swap their positions, uh, even though I didn't have Neal or Tibbs in the first four picks, anyways.
4: Yeah, no, I mean it's very, it's very possible. I, I just, it's pretty rare to see something move from. I mean, he was getting a little bit of juice there on the initial news that you know he was in play for the Jets and that the Lions were there. Uh, but now, I mean, it's just getting massively hit. So, uh, I think some of the, some of these exactos, though are are great. I mean, Daigle, you've played some. I've played played a bunch um i know DraftKings pulled them down but some other sites will have them i think that like some longer shot ones here that i like would be like a walker hutch stingley exacta is pretty interesting um or like a walker hutch um you know sauce one is kind of normal but i think kind of playing the walker hutch and then you know some kind of variation of three and then maybe four if you want to get it even a little bit longer shot because you can kind of play out the you know if then scenario of like if they take stingley then does four take sauce or does four take you know, did the Jets take, uh, Icky, you know what I mean? Like those kinds of scenarios right now at, at points, but in other shops are like 40 to one, 50 to one. If you feel really strongly either way, I mean like a sprinkle on that can, you know, make up for a couple of bad ones. Yeah. I have Walker Hutch
0: Stingley at 40.
4: Same. Um, and then I have a
0: bunch of, uh, first four that are Walker Hutch Gardner with variations at four. So kind of hoping that, uh, we get a Walker Hutch Garner situation and then we can, Land uh, Jammo or London or Icky there. That would make uh, make for another one. Uh, another one that I think is uh, a little bit uh, spicy. I don't know that anyone's tailed it. We had some uh, talk in our Discord around this. Um, the Rams are another team that pr- approached the draft very differently. They also don't have uh, a pick until the third round. They also have a pretty deep roster, and they don't have a ton of needs per se. They did let Johnny Heckard walk, though. And we do have the punt God in this draft. Um, and you can get the Rams to take their first pick as a punter, or special teamer or a place kicker, but basically it's the punter. Um, I believe it's still 60 on FanDuel. Uh, it was 50 on DraftKings. Again, a little sprinkle, you know, a little <laughs> pizza money uh, for, you know, for 50 to one on the Rams to do something that the Rams also don't mind doing. They, they approached the, the draft a little bit different than other teams. So, Uh, they have a hole there and you can very easily see them doing that. And I'm willing to pay uh, 25 bucks to see if they make that happen. So it's an interesting one uh, to me. Uh, We also had some news on, I think Dagle touched on this a little bit, Um, but Raymond, the the, uh, offensive lineman has been falling a little bit too. He was also included in that unsourced Walter football report around his uh, physical and that he is his medicals are kind of popping on a few teams draft boards. He's been pulled. Um, I took it over on him today at 37 and a half. That's still readily available out there. If he has any questions, there's a number of offensive linemen that are going to be in that range that could go ahead of him anyway. And if there's any medical concerns, I think that that's probably a decent look that's still out there.
2: And you, I don't like to sauce up uh, Walter football uh, because <laughs> of some of the other content they put out. But to to, to highlight why the medicals don't get – is because basically all the, the info guys get their stuff from agents. They don't want to put out the medical stuff before the draft – to affect their clients' draft positions, so that's why you never see the medical stuff come from a rap sheet or a Schefter until post draft. Then you'll see some follow up, but you have a site like Walter Football that doesn't care about any of those credentials. <laughs> that still sometimes gets some of that info. That doesn't mind posting it for the clicks, you know. That uh, even though you might get, you know. COVID from logging onto their site from all the ad clicks. <laughs> so that but they, that some of that stuff in years past, as Daigle has mentioned, that shows up there it is legitimate. Like it's it, he's had some good info on medical stuff for that doesn't come out elsewhere for more credible sources until post draft. And it's because the info guys don't want to post it to ruin their relationships with the agents. Yeah, we'll hear it in drafts, right? Like, oh, he's still on the board because of this has happened
0: and we didn't hear about it yes, until mid draft. Yes. Sorry, David. The
3: Evan that like the Evan Neal going over it was it's came after the red flag showed up on Walter Football site and again no one has confirmed this just yet I haven't heard any other reporter talk about it oddly enough but apparently like Evan Neal's the concerning one with uh, red flags for his knees.
0: Uh, Josh Norris hanging out with us mock draft. I don't know if you guys heard, but Josh uh, had a good mock draft last year. Uh, underreported, similar uh, to medicals. Um, so. I wasn't that far behind, and I know Silva wasn't either. Uh, but again, congratulations to Josh—at least 16 out of 32 last year. Very impressive draft. Uh, we'll see how one-hit
2: wonder Norris <laughs> him this year. <laughs> I agree, don't want to hear I agree, it. I agree, Didn't I agree. some guy like uh, forget his name? I think he works for like the Draft Network now. Had like the great great mock draft a few years ago. Guy hasn't hit like four picks in the last yeah, like three knows, years. I don't even know. If, I if you
1: dial name. up WalterFootball.com, but you have a mask on. Uh, we not get COVID. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, oh, Dr. Man.
2: Kanish says you want to be careful about logging on to Walter. Don't click any of the links, or uh, unless you want to you know, be paying for uh, you know, two Asian girls, uh, you know, having fun with each other. Stuff, so,
1: great way to kill uh, uh grandma and grandpa, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, be careful if you're logging on, but.
1: Do it in, take your laptop outside.
2: Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, smaller harder to catch. Heard, but, outside. yeah, I, the injured medical stuff, I can't lie about it.
3: It's worth looking at. I was going to say, quickly, on the Rams punter you mentioned as well, uh, never forget the Rams took 109-pound Tutu Atwell just last year in the second round. Uh, they legitimately <laughs> do not care about the draft. They think have, differently than us.
2: Have we seen teams – they're or if they're going to use Ariza as a, their kicker and punt, because usually your your punter, your strict punter values, we even though he's phenomenal, I know he's got, you know, the greatest net punting stats in the history of college football. Like, you wouldn't see them until the fifth, sixth, or seventh round. Like, you would see the great place kickers go early, but I, I can't imagine a team is actually going to put the onus of kicking and punting on their same play. And he had some shaky actual kicking moments last year, too. Like, I, I guess I haven't gotten the, in terms of kind of determining where he lands in his value, like, if they're using him strictly as a punter, uh, I, it would be hard for me to see him going in, in you know, the first he, three rounds.
3: Even Evan McPherson, who was, like, the number one prospect kicking in his class, it took until the fifth round. And uh you saw how great he was. So that is a that is a good point. But also, like, if you're betting that condition, they're probably just going to cap you at 20 bucks anyway. So
0: screw it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's all it is. Yeah, I mean, Cade York is a, another great place kicker in this draft. But, again, it's a 60-to-1, 50-to-1 sprinkle at this point. Like, again, it's a if it was a more traditional team that valued the draft in a different way, I probably wouldn't do it. But it made sense to me also because it was the Rams uh, because of just their kind of approach. And especially at the top of the draft, they seem to not really uh, abide by a lot of the rules. So uh, we'll get to some of the uh, questions here. Hayden Winks, Hayden hanging out with us. Zion Johnson, under 24-and-a-half, more interesting with Kenyon Green's medicals uh, mentioned by Jeremiah. Yeah, we've had some internal discussions around teams, thoughts around Green uh, or Zion Johnson. Those things are kind of interesting there. Uh, Evan, any leans on those guys are kind of both going in the, the early 20s in most locks currently.
1: I always thought that uh, Zion Johnson, his floor is 24 to the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, Brian brought us who's, you know, the, the, probably the most plugged in member of the media Uh, When it comes to uh, Cowboys stuff, like he's like the Cowboys love him. You know, Mm -hmm. he's a great blocker, et cetera. cetera. Uh, Kenyon Green can also get people blocked. But, you know, he he might be the the best pure guard prospect in the draft. But he's, uh, you know, he's got this issue with the medicals. He's a very tough guy to predict, Kenyon Green.
3: Um, Zion also super interesting because he fits the Packers athletic threshold at 22 for a position we know they're interested in. And I could see him being drafted to the Patriots at 21, if it comes to that as well. Uh, sure. Although we expect the Patriots to draft someone from Austria or Switzerland or something. Uh, does <laughs> they Kyle won't Duggar even make have, the pick. Does Kyle Duggar or, or, have a twin? Or,
1: or, or Rutgers.
3: Yeah. yeah. Kyle Duggar's twin who plays for Rutgers. That's who they're going to draft.
4: Yeah. I mean, right now, Zion's over under is 24 and a half. So if you think that his that's floor is 24, I mean, yeah, I think 22 and 24 are both very much in play there. So I, I think that could be a good look as well. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, Pats won't even make the pick, they typically love to trade out of that. Uh, Young and Fearless 22, great name, sprinkling on this Rams action with me here. Uh, <laughs> 11 and a quarter. Good for you, buddy. Uh, good for you. Good day cool. to get rich, son. Yep, hit those DMs uh on uh Saturday morning when that comes through for us. Uh, what else have we got in here? Hutch Hutch at 101 to go five, uh, 40 to one to go for, like, I get it. I get why that's so appealing, but again, I can't like, it just doesn't, I think you have to play those
2: prices just based on the, the, the market. I get, again, I'm not saying you do you a your uh, you know, your, your retirement fund on it, but I think you have to play those prices. Uh, based off of like what, what we've seen with if, some if, of the, if
1: you hit one of those boys, like it's going to make your entire draft. Yeah. You know? So, I it mean, seems, I,
2: I think you, you can fine. pay for a half season of ETR. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> this is this is where i got with the uh jermaine johnson or more with the aquanu and neil at number four as well even though i am confident still in aquanu at number four uh i just started betting neil at number four the exact pick um because this draft is basically cover your ass isn't. it's like don't go broke with this draft since we we literally can't figure it out uh i would just make sure all your bases are covered here uh patrick
0: you're damn right williams can go wide receiver one he better oh, yeah um you know that we have some some looks there at nine at seven um i think it's down to what plus 150 even at this point connor um we need uh lots of williams
4: top five top 10 top seven uh to uh to make for a really nice thursday yeah. evening i think there's actually uh, a good talking point there i think pig taking him like exact pick at six and seven at like 50 to one is very much in play because six is like a big trade out spot. Seven, I mean, I think the Giants could go wide receiver or potentially trade out as well. I mean, again, fifty to one. Uh, we expect him to go, or we think that he's very viable top ten. He's gotten like nonstop buzz the entire off like entire draft season about being like multiple teams wide receiver one, as well as being like way ahead of recovery. We saw the you know video yesterday, it seemed to be way ahead of recovery, given he was only fifteen weeks out from ACL surgery. So, uh, I think that's like viable as a long shot as well. Yeah, Stephen saying if you don't think that the Lions take Hutch, you have to think they're going to trade out. I, you know, I, I don't know. No one,
2: you, the I'm sure they would love to, but the, who's who? I, who's going to want to go up to pick for number two? No, correct. No one's going to. You, you can get to, get to six for, for cheaper. Yeah, so if you why, had a need, you can still get the ends. Or I mean, the Bulky li- came out and said, like, this is no no team ever with the number one pick, even if they know who they're going to take, does this? And he basically came out and said, nobody's calling us. Yeah. I mean, but half half it's because he's an idiot. But the other half is like there's just they're like we haven't gotten any calls on number one. It's not going to be traded. So Jer-
3: Jeremiah hinted at Stingley may being a possibility at t- at number two. But I also think we're at the point where Jeremiah says every situation like literally he just shows up to a show and yeah, this is going to happen. Like this has a chance to happen because everything has a chance to happen.
2: It, it it's hard. And again, you can't. Should you be? drafting on need necessarily too, but the Lions have drafted Okuda. They've drafted uh, another young corner last year. Like, they've they've drafted corner in a number of spots. Uh, so And to take a, a guy with some of the red flags uh, to yeah, I I just can't see It's got to be Hutch or Thibodeau.
0: Uh, could Burks fall out of round one? I don't think so. But again, like to Tegel's point, um, this is a, a very wide range of outcome draft. I think that, I have a hard time seeing him make it past Dallas, and then we have so many. This is part of why we liked over five and a half receivers back in like late February because there were so many like receiving needy teams. Connor, at the end of the draft, you know we have two picks for the Packers. We have a, a Chiefs team that now has a need that they didn't even at that point. Like there are so many, I guess like falling sp- spots where Burks would be caught.
4: Yeah, I mean, even, like, the the Cardinals, I think the Titans, like, you know, again, you said the Chiefs twice. Like, all those teams need wide receivers. Uh, so, I think Burks can get caught, like, pretty much any of those points. And then I think a guy like Dotson gets in there. I just don't see that whole range. Like, all of those. Like, there's, like, 8 to 10 picks where all those teams like, need wide receivers really bad. Like, not at least one going. Like, I think that if Burks doesn't go in the top 20, I think Burks and Dotson both go in that range.
2: Yeah. Desmond Ritter a lock for round one. Absolutely uh, this not. This is the most confounding I can't I we, you always say take your personal opinion out of like draft I I cannot fathom a te- <laughs> I know he crushed the pre-draft process and teams like that he knows how to work a whiteboard and is coming in and is a leader and all that I get it I watched Desmond Ritter play at least a dozen college games and I cannot fathom that someone is going to spend a first round pick on him he was horrific in some of the games that they've played against better opponents. Um, Alabama uh, game I, was not pretty. He,
1: no, he won, no. He won 44 games as a starter.
2: Uh, against East, East Carolina that they won like 17. <laughs> no, they, they beat, they oh, ran it they beat Notre
1: Dame this past year. So
2: I know they beat Notre Dame. <laughs> I beat Notre Dame. Listen,
1: <laughs> I know you guys. Let's, let's go some watch some basketball football. boys. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a good half of basketball left. So
2: <laughs> I, I can't, I can't get behind anything pro-Ritter.
1: No, I, I think with situations like that, you just have to like sort of embrace the variance. You know, don't pretend that you know how this is going to go. Like embrace the variance. Try to find long shots where you can capitalize on situations like that. I mean, we took Desmond Ritter like 40-1 to 1 to be the first quarterback drafted. We, we don't know what's going to happen. So I, I, I think it's in, in, uh, embrace the variance situation question was around
0: one lock though, and I think we're all pretty comfortable saying that that's not the case for, for Desmond Ritter. A uh, team might like him. team might value that fifth year, trade back up into the end of the first, solidify that, and then have them uh, in their whiteboard uh, drawing up plays and uh, leading men. Uh, Kanish, so
2: uh, I think he was so good at the pre-draft process stuff that his stock became like, right. in terms No, of, I, like, I, the and, and I, I
1: agree with you. I don't think he's going to be a starter in the NFL, but I think that an NFL team could fall for that. You know what I mean? We're trying yeah, to predict, yeah. we're trying to predict the draft here. We're not trying to be NFL scouts. Kanish. Well, I'm
2: saying in terms of where his, his over under is now, Yeah. Um, just so much of the premium on like the, no, I, I'm not product. Ben
1: Ritter anymore. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I would be I would be more inclined to take overs on Ritter right now. Um, and, and think that someone could, you know, potentially scoop him as more of a second round player than than wanting him as a first rounder.
0: I'll leave us with this. Dalton gets it. McVeigh loves punting. So I think if you haven't already got down uh, it is done. So again, you got a little bit of time left. Four for for4.com slash plans. Promo code MTL22 gets you 25% off of our betting sub. Uh, everything you could possibly want at four for four. Um, definitely want to check that out. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, don't forget to check out establishtherun.com on the internet. Uh, also wherever you listen to audio podcasts, I believe they do videos on the youtube.com, uh, backslash page as well. I'm sure that they have some great mock, uh, and, and draft content there. Uh, our friend here, Evan Silva, does a
1: fantastic job over there. That so established there. a run on the newly owned Elon Musk-run uh, Twitter.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does a great job. Uh, we're all fans of his work.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we will be back uh, soon. Uh, Connor and Daigle and I will be back with some uh, move lines next week. Probably have a little uh, draft recap, talk about some wins and losses, and we'll start to get into the uh, future market as it emerges post draft. So. For Carter, for John, for Joe, and Evan, I'm Ryan. We'll see you all soon.